0: And the short of it is the income is not secure and the income is not secure not only because you know, it's based on whoever books throughout the year but it's also dependent on what's happening externally.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're joined by influential buyers agent and investor Simon Liu, who has surpassed his long-standing goal of accumulating over $100,000 of passive net income. We learn the benefits of buying lifestyle property in the right locations as well as the challenges associated with Airbnb and how to overcome them. Lou has spent almost a decade of his life accumulating investment properties to add to his portfolio and his portfolio is secure enough now to move on to riskier ventures.
0: My property journey uh, started uh, when I was 26 years old Uh, and uh, you know, I've been buying properties Uh, based on what I've been talking about pretty much all of last year. um, You know, properties that are below market value and good cash flow and all that kind of stuff. Very business um, focused decisions with every property that I bought. So it was never emotional. It was just all about the numbers and how it could help me build my passive income. So around about seven years later, uh, from 26 years old, uh, I reached $100,000 of passive income, uh, which was my initial goal. Uh, and at that point, I had uh, twelve properties uh, under my belt uh, just by buying below market value and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, since then, I obviously started this uh, this business that I'm running now as a as a buyer's agent, uh, helping others, you know, achieve that same outcome. Uh, and I've been running that for about uh, around about five years now. Uh, so you know, it's been going it's been going pretty well. Uh, and my current portfolio sits at uh, 18 properties um, and my loan to value ratio uh, is uh, under under 50%, so slightly under 50%, uh, which, uh, which means my overall cat, uh, passive income across the year in terms of net cash flow is somewhere around about the 200 to $250,000 mark. Uh, so, you know, after sort of building this portfolio over the past you know, nine or so years, um, it's it's enabled me to recently get into uh, more interesting or more what I would consider risky uh, investments, uh, which uh, which I'm I'm happy to share that uh, that I've been buying a couple of lifestyle properties uh, on the uh, on the north coast of of New South Wales.
1: Lou explains what he means by risky investments according to his standards.
0: The biggest risk is the fact that the cash flow is not is not secure. You know, with most of the properties that I've been buying uh, as part of my portfolio to generate that secure that initial secure passive income, has always been okay. You know, six percent rental yields. You know, if I buy it, I can rent it out immediately and get that immediate cash flow. With these lifestyle properties that I'm looking into now. Uh, per, for personal reasons, um, it's um, it, it's because you know. I mean, my goal is to Airbnb them out. You know, is to is to is to short-term let these properties. Uh, and the short of it is, the income is not secure. And the income is not secure not only because you know it's based on whoever books throughout the year, but it's also dependent on what's happening externally. So, you know, obviously we've had, uh, you know, quite a, 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 an interesting eight months uh, where there was a series of lockdowns and people can't, you know, travel to certain areas within states or even interstate. Uh, so, you know, whenever there's those kinds of factors that influence how people can travel, then obviously that will affect your your income on these properties as well. So I guess from my perspective, you know, just to by way of background on my, my kind of you know personal circumstances and and where I've come uh, since I started investing. Um, you know I would have never dreamed of buying these kinds of uh, you know lifestyle Airbnb type properties in the initial part of my investment journey uh, because it would have been just way too risky. So it was very important, and I I, I tell this to my clients as well, uh, or anyone who 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 I talk to about property investing. It's super important just to develop that initial portfolio of properties that's doing its cash flow thing, it's giving you that passive income stream, it's got a bunch of equity in it, so that if you do want to, you know, uh, pursue, uh, I guess, maybe like a dream po- property or a scenario where you can, uh, you know, uh, overextend yourself from a risk perspective but potentially get bigger bigger rewards and then you can kind of afford to once you've got that established portfolio.
1: And that that makes sense, I think that's the key thing is that it's the foundations. I think everybody needs to probably understand is that before you actually jump into something like maybe development or Airbnb or any of those type of things, you've got to have those foundational properties because you're dealing with a different strategy altogether.
0: To be upfront with you like you know, all, all the properties I've bought up until these Airbnb projects that I've been getting into have been you know, purely, purely unemotional. You know, it's just purely business decisions but These ones in particular have definitely, um, you know, had a little bit of a a personal or an emotional decision involved as well, because, you know, after after so many years, you know, you get to a point where you, I guess, just uh, want to smell the roses a bit and want to enjoy um, enjoy what you're doing. So, you know, like personally, I've got a a young family now, um, you know, so it's uh, you know having these sort of lifestyle properties uh, that I Airbnb out. Um, I can also potentially use when when it's vacant uh, for you know just like a, a short family holiday or uh, just as a means to spend more time together as a family and to enjoy it as well. So there's that definitely that sort of personal element to it as well. Um, it's been always been a, a long term goal of mine to own these types of properties uh, ever since I started investing. So just to expand a little bit on the properties as well. They're they're uh, they're on the water, so they're they're waterfront type houses um, with, with like a jetty and all this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, my family's really into fishing and and things like that. So we've, uh, we, we kind of bought it with that premise. The other thing is I've noticed like with, with the whole sort of short-term letting, um, slash Airbnb market is you do, you definitely Mm -hmm. need to buy properties that have that X factor. You know, you if you just have a property, that's just like a standard house, uh, you know, in, in some suburb um it's it's never going to perform as well or consistently as a property that might be on the water or might be you know near a beach or it might have like internally um you know lots of lots of activities or things like pools and children's equipment and all this kind of stuff as well um and those are the ones that that you know develop a bit of a a following i guess Uh, and you just get that consistent uh, income inconsistent consistent booking. Now, the catch is to to purchase and to to build up these types of properties to have that X factor is generally, you know, quite expensive.
1: You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, with a car, to, to purchase a car to get you from point A and B, there's nothing flashy about it. It just works <laughs> but if you want to actually ha- have something with a, a bit of a status like a brand symbol to it, then you got to pay for a premium and it's no different with, with property too but you know, the, the demand is there as you can see
0: definitely and look i mean the the for anyone out there who's looking to get into airbnbs like that would be my suggestion is to find is to get into something that has that that sort of appeal that 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 emotional appeal because like most people when they go on holidays with their family i mean it, it might be once every three months max you know when it's going interstate so th- they don't really mind spending a little bit more you know on a nightly basis if they're doing three or four nights or a week whatever it is um if it does you know, create uh, if it's just more, there's a small wow factor. you know there's more enjoy, there's more enjoyment. Um, you know, so from that perspective, uh, I've been able to uh, to to uh, uh, charge a little bit more for the place that I've got, obviously since I paid a little bit more for it. But more importantly, I mean, we launched the first one that we bought uh, in January, and we we're pretty much booked out for the month already. Uh, So, you know, it's uh, the cash flow, it it appears from now to be a pretty good business uh, just by itself Um, but I I will say yes, there 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 was definitely a cost to doing to getting it to this point.
1: So, how does Lou cover himself when the property is vacant?
0: Having these properties for me is also, you know, somewhat for personal enjoyment as well so I can use it personally and I can only use it if it's vacant, right? (laughs) If No one's booked it. (laughs) So. I, I'm actually kind of half hoping that you know there are going to be some periods where where, the, where it's just empty, so I can actually use it myself. <laughs> I mean, it's great that it's booked and producing income, but at the same time, uh, you know, like uh, I guess I guess like uh, well, I guess I can probably use that income and just book my own Airbnb somewhere else. <laughs> but it's nice to to be able to enjoy, you know, the fruits of your labor as well. So, you know, definitely peak times, you know, will be booked out, and the priority to is to uh, is to ensure that it's, it's it's well it's you know books up as much as possible. Um, but during quiet times, yeah definitely you know we'll be looking to uh, spend a bit of family time there.
1: What was it about Airbnb that attracted Lou over something like a subdivision or development?
0: Owning a waterfront house has always been a dream of mine uh, ever since I bought that initial property. Uh, it wasn't just for the, you know, the oh look at me factor, I own a waterfront property, but it's the fact that I actually really enjoy, um, you know, uh, you know, kayaking and fishing and being on a boat and, you know, just the views of having waterfront, you know? So, um, it's always been, it's been, always been a goal in the back of my mind. Um, and it's something that I've always worked towards now. What happened last year with the whole, when the whole COVID thing started uh, a couple of things for me personally. The first thing is it kind of reinforced the fact that anything can happen in life, uh, that's in or without of your control. You know, so there is a, a, an element where you know you need to enjoy what you're doing. You know, you need to you need to experience life, or, or just you know, just reach your goals and just 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 um, yeah. You know, it's not just all about uh, you know the bottom line and 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 making money and 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 investing and all that kind of stuff. So at some point you really have to enjoy a the process but also enjoy the outcome as well so that kind of told me okay cool you know this year, you know based on all that's happening i've you know i've already established my portfolio i've done i've done i've done pretty well so far i think this is you know the, the where i'm going to transition to start enjoying what i'm what i'm doing more so you know if that makes sense like enjoying it on a personal level like I, I i've enjoyed it all up until this point but you know this is more kind of like sit back and relax type type thing as well um and I guess the, the second thing that kind of prompted me to get into Airbnbs in particular was obviously the shift between uh, how, how people were traveling uh, based on last year. So, you know, you couldn't go overseas anymore. Um, I've noticed, you know, even I stayed in a few Airbnbs myself early last year. And I've noticed that, you know, the, the demand for these kind of X-factor properties, you know, within driving distance from a, a capital city uh, was was significantly high, you know, and so that's reflected on the nightly prices uh, for a lot of these places. And it's also reflected by when you just, when you look at the, you know, when you go to book a, a particular Airbnb, you can see how, you know, how many dates are booked out, you know, in advance. Uh, you know, some of these properties could be months and months in advance. Uh, so that kind of told me, you know what, combining the fact that, you know, I've always wanted to buy a waterfront property um, you know the fact that you know there's certain things that had happened last year that that kind of was a bit of a wake-up call to not only me but I'm sure every person you know is thinking that you know your life or, or, or the world can change in an instant you know there's no you know time's, not, time's a, a limiting factor you know you kind of just have to go out and, and do things and also the fact that you know from a business decision perspective you know there was that demand for this type of products and that got me searching you know so you know I had a look at Uh, um, you know, started doing some numbers, started looking at what's viable um, and there was a certain price point versus how much I can potentially rent these properties out for on a nightly basis that would make it, you know, um, make sense, I guess, from a conservative perspective.
1: Coming up in the second half, we learn about the process Lou followed to secure his investment
0: I remember it came on on a Thursday and I just called the agent immediately, uh, drove up, uh, had a look at it and I immediately signed a contract.
1: He shares his negotiation tactics.
0: So, uh, you know, kind of play that to my advantage. You know, I knew that this guy wanted a a, 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 a certain figure and I knew that figure was below what the property was worth.
1: We discuss the importance of interior design when marketing Airbnb properties. First and foremost, I have to thank my wife
0: uh, for basically doing it all. Uh, if, if it was left to my, uh, if it was left to me, it'd probably still be empty at this point. <laughs> there might be it might be a TV in the corner somewhere.
1: And that's coming up next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Property Story. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session. Simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415 626 342 and quote, property invest story. Lou talks us through how he found his dream lifestyle property.
0: I just started looking for it like I normally do when I look for properties and, you know, there are a few opportunities that came up. Uh, which which uh, which fell over, which is normal. but then I ended up with one uh, this particular property that we bought, uh, which is on uh, on in uh, in Lake Macquarie, New South Wales. Uh, and uh, you know on the water and everything, and it was it, it was a property that was listed for less than a day. You know, like it, I remember it came on on a Thursday and I just called the agent immediately, uh, drove up, uh, had a look at it, and I immediately signed a contract because I knew, you know the price that they wanted for the property was not conducive to what it was worth. Uh, pretty much, like there was a massive gap, and there was a reason for that. And you know the seller was uh, was a uh, a pilot, a Qantas pilot, unfortunately, who 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 had lost his job, uh, and he spent a lot of money renovating this property. His goal was to live there, uh, to 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 enjoy the property. And you know when I was there in the living room of the property, negotiating with the agent and the seller, you know it became apparent that his his goal was not to get the highest price. His goal was just to ensure that whoever buys this property is not going to mess around with, uh, you know, finance issues or, you know, umming and ahhing uh, or you know having a contract crash and all this kind of stuff. So uh, you know, kind of play that to my advantage. You know, I knew that this guy wanted a. a, a a, a certain figure, and I knew that figure was below what the property was worth. So I basically just gave him what he wanted, um, and I signed what what we call a 66W, which is an unconditional contract. Um, and I don't recommend anyone do this for, the, for 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 any listeners out
1: there. Well, that's pretty much when you go to auction, you have to you will have to sign an unconditional 66W. But
0: for me, you know, like I've uh, I, I bought, you know. So many properties for myself and for clients as well. Like I know what to look for. I, I was comfortable enough from a finance perspective in terms of, you know, being able to get a get get a loan for it. You know, I had, uh, uh, you know, knew what to look for from a building. I'm not a building pest inspector, but I knew what to look for. You know, pretty much from what would what would be considered risky or what could be an issue uh, from a from a building perspective.
1: When you see and hear and and especially when you're there as well too that was a renovated property. So, I'm pretty sure he he and he said he was going to do it for himself. He wouldn't do it, you know, cutting the corners and stuff like that. He probably put a lot of time and effort especially being a pilot, you know, to, to look after the place.
0: Look, I mean, it's important that we don't make those assumptions because there are some shoddy renovators out there that I've seen plenty of. Um, so, I, I when I'm negotiating on this spot, I try and take that factor out of it that sort of some assum- emotional assumptions. Um, I try and just look at it as what it is and just walking around the house, looking under the house, looking, you know, on the outside and all that kind of stuff. I could tell that he put a lot of care and effort into it. Um, and look, I mean, there is always a risk. i as I said, I'm not a building inspector, but that risk was mitigated by the fact that I bought this property, um, for way cheaper than what could potentially, it could potentially sell for. So, you know, the, the evidence was, you know, I went up on the Thursday, I signed the contract uh, and it was listed for literally a few hours. Now come the Saturday, the 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 selling agent was smashed with inquiries. You know, from people wanting to to, to look at the property, to buy the property, uh, and yeah, I mean there were even higher offers than what I paid at that point in time. But obviously, I already had signed an unconditional contract, which meant that you know not only could I not get out of it, but the seller couldn't get out of it either. <laughs> so. So you know, sometimes it pay like especially in this market, it's you really you know one of the I guess one of the uh, lessons there is, you know, to move quickly, you know, don't don't make uninformed risky decisions, but get prepared, you know, get your finances sorted. Um, when you see something that you like, just just go for it, you know. And if you like, you know, don't don't sign 66Ws or anything unless you know what you're looking for. But there are there are there are certain. Certain times where if the price is right, then sometimes it might be worth taking a bit of a risk, you know, because, you know, the worst, you know, you kind of have to think, okay, you know, if there is something wrong with uh, a certain part of the house, uh, but you're getting it 100 grand or 200 grand or 300 grand below what it's worth, then you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be at the end of the world to fix it if that makes sense. So you kind of have to just work out that risk versus reward.
1: Totally. And it sounds sounds about right because when you say that it's you know, you got it on the market value, you probably will go back to the bank and get it revalued down the track anyway and, and be able to draw a bit more of that equity out eventually.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: How much time did Lewis spend doing his research before signing the contract? given that it was such a fast transaction?
0: I mean I'm a buyer's agent so I you know it's my job to look at properties day in day out. So it's kind of, it's kind of natural for me um, and you know like I, I, I've i after a while I just keep a very hawk eye on the market you know I, I obviously liaise with all the agents in the areas that I'm looking at uh, and I was very in tune with what was selling after a while and how much they were selling for and what certain properties are worth, good sides, bad sides. And this comes down to interest. You know, we're I, I brushed on this a little bit earlier on. You know, we talk about investing in property, investing in things to help us make money. But I I have a thing called the um, the, the Saturday night test. You know, if you can't spend your Saturday nights, you know, researching something or doing something, um, that that just purely simply means that you're not super interested in it. You know what I mean? Like, because most Saturday nights, people are you know clocked off. They might be you know, out partying or whatever. Um, so, you know, for me, like it was, it was a, definitely a bit of a passion project. I was, uh, you know, probably got to a point where I was, I was somewhat obsessed, <laughs> um, which made things, made things easier, you know, from a research perspective. Like, you know, I mean, all the evidence is there. You know, you just have to look at Airbnb and what's, what's listed, even in the areas that you're looking at, you know, what they're renting for, how much block, what their blockout periods are, how much rented they're in, in advance, for example how much they're charging, all that kind of stuff. And you kind of have to work back backwards from there. Okay, cool. So if, if they're renting for X amount, you know, per week, per month, per year, you know, how much how much would I have to spend on a particular property or what would be the max purchase price on the property that I would I would have to spend to ensure that the cash flow works so that I'm not out of pocket. But you know, if you buy like a ten million dollar waterfront house in, in Palm Beach, the the amount of um, uh, consistent uh, Airbnb income is very similar to if you bought a $2 million house up the coast that also may be waterfront, if that makes sense. So, you know, you kind of have to just weigh out, you know, the the, the reward as well and treat it at, at like a little bit of a business decision, but also think to yourself, okay, um, you know, there's uh, there, there's no compromise on the quality, the, the, the enjoyment uh, the, on a personal level and all those factors as well. And interestingly um, the the get at, get out of sydney or get out of brisbane or get out of any capital city factor is also is also something that that was in the back of my mind as well. You know because when people want to take holidays they generally want to get out from where they are. They don't want to even if there's like a super nice property down the roads on the northern beaches if you're in sydney um, that's not as appealing as going uh, up the coast you know, somewhere a few hours drive away, like part of the appeal is actually getting out of the city. So it kind of works like that as well. It's a little bit more of an interesting thing, um, very emotionally charged. So it's not it's not necessarily just like, oh, you know what the yield is and all this kind of stuff. So it's a mental thing. You're like you've gotten away from it all, you know. So, and the other thing where I chose particular locations that I bought these properties in is they're, they're surrounded by a whole bunch of lifestyle things as well. So, you know, you've got the Hunter Valley uh, you know, uh, wineries. You've got beaches. You've got you know a lot of stuff in that area that people can just a short drive away, and they can sort of return down, back to base to you know for nighttime or for whatever. So so no, it was it was definitely a, it, it's it's definitely something that I've been thinking for of for, for quite a while, um, but uh, it, it it does it requires a certain level of uh, of passion and dedication to to do it to do it properly. Uh, and I will say the furnishing bit is, is, is also a bit of a challenge (laughs) because when you buy these properties, you have to furnish it properly. You know, people, people only assess the property based on pictures, you know, so you got to make sure you, you take proper pictures. You got to make sure that there's a theme to the property. You know, you can't just buy like, you know, secondhand furniture from (laughs) St finnies and and hope that, hope that it all comes together. and, and at the end of the day, it's just marketing, you know, you, you start a start an Instagram page, you start, you know, you just start start building it from that perspective and, and that's where it gets a lot of traction. So, look, I mean, it's still early days uh, but you know, so far, it's, it's, it's been going okay so, you know, we'll see how it plays out.
1: Since he bought the property empty, Lou had to fit out the place to make it as appealing as possible for potential holiday makers.
0: First and foremost, I have to thank my wife uh, for basically doing it all. Uh, it, if it was left to my uh, if it was left to me it'd probably still be empty at this point. <laughs> there might be, might be a TV in the corner somewhere. Um, so look I mean we made a conscious decision to make to do it properly. Uh, you know and in doing it properly we actually got a interior designer in uh, to do up sketches and to to make sure the colors and you know all the furnitures like they even picked up the, the specific pieces of furniture for us to buy. Um, you know, obviously there was a cost to it, but at the end of the day, you know, the feedback that we're getting so far is that it's, it's, you know, it looks great, you know, like it it all kind of works together. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of made it a little bit easy. What, what probably was the most difficult thing was actually just coordinating, you know, all the purchasing and all the deliveries and, you know, obviously putting the furniture together and all that kind of stuff, um, which probably took a couple of weeks, uh, you know, slash enjoyment as well. You know, it wasn't all work when you're up there and you've got a beautiful waterfront uh, property uh, to enjoy. It kind of makes. Putting a couch together a little bit more enjoyable,
1: not so labour intensive as well. It's like yeah, I'll put it together when I'm finished having a bit of fun out in the water with my family. So
0: look, I mean, interestingly, it's also a little bit therapeutic uh, to do these kinds of tasks. Um, but no, it was it was definitely good and 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 actually like it was actually so enjoyable because you know obviously the you know the whole family went up to help. So we spent got a, a lot of a lot of quality time together, and it was so much so enjoyable that I bought another one within a month. You know, so we've got another one now. That's uh, that's that's uh, about you know not not yet settled, but once it settles, we're we're obviously going to be doing doing it all over again.
1: Thank you to Simon Liu on this episode of Invest Like A Pro.